0: Uh, Ruth chapter 3, we kind of have been going through Ruth verse by verse. We talked about, of course, the famine, and uh, we talked then about the field in Ruth chapter 2, and how Ruth was willing to go to the field. And then in Ruth chapter 3, we see the floor, or the threshing floor. Of course, we talked about last week how the harvest was coming to an end, and Ruth, of course, under Naomi's guidance, Naomi's a little worried. Where is the meal going to continue to come? And so she kind of came up with a plan, and that plan really became uh, an encouragement of a proposal. And so we left last week with Ruth saying, I'll do it. And this week we'll see how she did it. We talked about kind of today on maybe you're facing a challenge. Maybe you're facing a a situation in your life, uh, something maybe that's difficult or hard, and God's been prompting your heart. How will you respond? And uh, we'll see Ruth's process, and I think it will be a help to us as we see an uneasy process, but she was willing to obey God's word, his will, and his way. If you have found Ruth chapter 3 and you're physically able to, for the, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word, uh, we want to read just a few verses. And then of course, we'll get right into the message this morning. The Bible says, and she went down into the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, and uncovered his feet, and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman." And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, as much as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, for I will, or I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, it? there is a kinsman nearer. Than I. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you again for loving us. You certainly are a great God. But already, Lord, we've been challenged. Lord, as we've sung songs, Lord, as we fellowshipped, as we had the opportunity to give. And I believe it's already been a blessing to each of us. Lord, to the newest person here, to the one who's been here the longest. For those maybe who are here seeking you and have not found you yet or trying to figure it all out, I pray that today they'll come to know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that your word will, will break their hearts, and Lord, you'll be with each of us as we want to get to know you more, we want to grow, we want to learn to love you, and may your word help us in that area, Lord. I pray that maybe some are struggling with that next step, or maybe uh, what to do, Lord, may they learn something today that will help them, be with those in the nursery and the teens, or be with those who uh, are out and about serving this morning, may You help them, Lord. May they come uh, to grow in you as well. Be with those online who are tuning in. We're so thankful they are. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're at work. Or maybe they're just not able to be here. They're out of town. I pray that you know they're loved and appreciated. Lord, may you speak to our hearts today. May you help me to get out of the way, Lord. And may you speak through me. May I just be a vessel. May you fill me, Lord. I need your help. Lord, I sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, You may be seated. Uh, There's a story about a little girl and her mom who attended a wedding for the little girl's first time. She'd never been to a wedding and and she heard the processional and watched as everyone came forward and got to their places. And before long, the the groom and the bride came up and the pastor came down to to start the ceremony. And she leaned over to her mother and whispered and she says, "Why why does the bride wear white? The mother thought for a moment, never been asked this question before, and she thought, well, how do I explain this to my daughter? How about I just say, white means happiness. And she hoped the girl accepted it and, of course, went back to the wedding and everything seemed to be going fine when the little girl looked up again and said, Mom, why does the groom wear black? <laughs> and uh, the mom didn't quite know what to say. And we all love and appreciate the simplicity and the innocence of a child, did we not? The constant curiosity. We have seen last week the encouraged proposal of Naomi, someone who had no doubt experience in the Israelite proposal process, but also in the schedule of the harvest time. She knows what needs to be done, no doubt. And Ruth, of course, has never been a part of this, and I'm sure she's curious. I'm sure she's trying to figure out what do I need to do and. Why do I need to do it this way? But we see she hears from her mother-in-law and she says, I'll do whatever needs to be done. And she's armed with the counsel of her mother-in-law and she sets out to do what's needed. And perhaps you today as well find yourself in the Christian life trying to take that next step. Maybe you've been challenged in the area of of giving or in the area of Christian service or maybe in sharing your faith and soul wanting and telling people about Jesus Christ, and maybe that's something that you're struggling with, and you need some, some help in that area. Maybe it's a financial thing you're wrestling through this year. Uh, maybe it's tackling some debt, or maybe it's a health issue that you just don't have the answer for, or maybe it's a relationship issue at work, or at home, or in the neighborhood, and you just don't know what to do, and God's been prompting your heart, and you're not sure the next step to take. But perhaps you know what God's Word says, and you know you need to take it. How do you take it? What do you do? As our theme for the year is, I am with thee. Aren't you thankful today that Jesus is with us? I am with thee. His protection, his plan, his presence. Maybe you feel like God's been touching your heart. Well, let me encourage you to learn from Ruth this morning and this uneasy process. Number one, if you're writing this morning, I just have three things for you. Ruth did all that she was counseled to do. Ruth did all that she was counseled to do. The Bible says in verse number six, and she went down and to the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. I wrote this down. Ruth had tenacious purpose. Now, this is really strictly family business. She understands if they're going to survive, she needs to do this. And so she's willing to do what it takes. And we see four things she does the next few verses. Verse number six, the Bible says she went. She went. And the first thing when it comes to doing what God wants for you is being willing to take the first step. Someone said the hardest part of any journey is taking that first step. The first step is the hardest in every journey of dreams. If you have the tenacity to begin them, be confident that the hardest part of your mission is the one lying behind you. If you're not living your faith, then you are living your fears, Moffat Macharinga said. Someone said this, Colin McClennan says, when motivation runs low, discipline has to take over. And may I encourage you this morning to be willing to take the first step when it comes to that next step in your Christian walk. Your love for the Lord. You've got to start somewhere. Take the first step. The Bible says in verse number 7, she came softly. So she went, she came softly. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. Now, I think it's interesting here. Some have tried to paint the picture that Boaz was drunk and wasted, but that's not the case. In fact, he had reason to have a merry heart because the harvest time was a joyful time the Jews, in fact, Deuteronomy 16, it was encouraged. Seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. So this is a time of rejoicing. This is a happy time. And so she goes and she comes softly and she's getting ready to do exactly what Naomi had counseled her to do. And then in verse 7, the latter part, it says she uncovered his feet. The Bible says, and uncovered his feet and lay her down. What's interesting here is Ruth understands there's a process. And she's willing to wait. She didn't go tickle his feet, try to wake him up. You ever try to wake someone up? You know, you start by nudging them. I know some of you are doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. It's not like shaking him. No, no, no. She just waited. Of course, she uncovered his feet, and the cool breeze, perhaps, from the Mediterranean came through. And before long, Boaz responded, but until he did, I think it's interesting to understand the character of this woman. She was resolved to wait upon the Lord's timing. She was not interested in manipulating circumstances or people to get what she thinks needed to be done. She's waiting for the right timing. Now, she'll show us later that there's a time to sit still and wait, and there's a time for action. But right now, she's doing exactly what her mother in law has counseled her to do, and now she waits. Let me ask a question this morning Are you willing to wait on God? Are you willing to be patient? I'm just no, no, no. You're willing to wait on God, wait on His word, wait on the counsel. We see she went, she came softly, she uncovered, and then fourth of all, the Bible says in verse nine, she answered. So what happens? Well, the Bible says in verse eight, and it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. How did Boaz respond to the uncovering of his feet? He was startled. Now, well, some of you probably would have had your 9 millimeter in your hand by then, you know. You're ready! but He's awake! He's What's going on? What is happening? Now, keep in mind, this is the time of Judges. There's a reason why they lay at the bottom of the heap of grain. And we saw in 1 Samuel last week that the Philistines tried to steal the grain. And that's what these, these armies would do. They didn't want to go and do the work of reaping and thrashing and, and then winnowing. They didn't want to do all that. They just wanted to take the grain. And so Boaz probably thinks, oh boy, someone's trying to take it. But no. Ruth follows the advice because she knows Naomi was kind, trustworthy, and had moral integrity. May I encourage you this morning, teenager, young adult, maybe even older, my age, will you be willing to listen to the advice of a person who is wiser than you and looking out for your best interest? It's easy to go to our peers sometimes. It's easy to go to people we're familiar with. But sometimes we need to seek out good, godly counsel. Be willing to wait. Be willing to follow it. Be willing to go to someone who has our best interest, but also has God's best interest in their heart. To make wise decisions. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, verse 20, Hear counsel and receive instruction, That thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. There's all kinds of devices out there. But one thing that you can always count on is the counsel, the word of the Lord. Years ago, there was a story about a boy in elementary school. He was nicknamed Troublemaker Steve. And he found a way around every rule. He found a way to stir up things and to cause problems, but yet always seemed to appear innocent. One day there was a little boy who, who got up on top of the merry-go-round. I don't remember merry-go-rounds. Okay, they have some encased some places, but they're too dangerous today. I don't know how I made it. But anyways, the merry-go-round was there. And you're supposed to stand on it and hold on to the railings. But not this boy. He got on top. Of everything. And he was like Superman. Standing there. And Steve started making it go. And little Jim was up there. Thinking this is great. For about five seconds. And then off he flew. Hit the ground. Boom. Blood started gushing everywhere. And he was hurting. The teacher went over to him and says. Jim what happened? What in the world? Did you not know the rule? He says yes. Yes. But I asked somebody, and they said it was a good idea, so I did it. She said, who did you ask? He said, Steve. <laughs> May I encourage you today to remember Psalms one Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And teenagers, if I can just say this quickly... There's a lot of people out there that does not have your best interests in mind. Though they seem like it. May I encourage you to find someone who truly loves you. Who loves God's word. And spends time with God. And ask for their counsel. So we see Ruth did all that she was counseled to do. And we learned this morning when we want to get through that wrestling match in our life. Or that situation we're in. Or that frustration maybe we're dealing with. And maybe we're wrestling with God. Follow the counsel that his word gives and godly leaders give. But second of all, we see Ruth was promised all that she had challenged Boaz to do. Now, she wasn't really challenging him. She was just simply saying what Naomi said. But we see now, not only is Ruth t- has a tenacious purpose, but now she's trusting in God's promise. Now, keep in mind, this young lady's a newer convert. She has found that she went to the field God started blessing. Now she's learning as a newcomer to start trusting in God's promises. I might just pause and say, We can always trust in God's promises. But we see the tenacious purpose. We see trusting in God's promise. Why can't we not? Proverbs 3:5. Trust in the Lord with all in heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So the Bible says in verse 11: And now, my daughter fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. Of course, Boaz is speaking here. And I see a several different ways this morning that Boaz promised her. Here's what she challenged Boaz. First of all, a bond, if you will, a bond. The Bible says in verse 9, spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid. Now we talked about that last week, so I won't get all into that today. But we, if you remember, it was a israelite covenant and we read several scriptures to show us that and when you covered uh, uh, uh someone with your cloak that was a symbol that hey uh, i want to propose i want to i want to accept you in marriage and so we see a bond and it's interesting the first time at boaz's feet if you read chapter two you notice she was called a stranger she referred to herself as a stranger but how does she refer to herself now his handmaid. Now, what's interesting about handmaid, it's the Greek word ama and doulos, doulos, which simply shows a submission to the will of the master. Now, keep in mind, when she was a stranger, she was a Moabitess. She was uh, 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 the outcast. She was from the outside looking in. She was just here. She's just a simple stranger, but now she has received the blessing of Boaz and his, his goodness to her. And now she refers to him as a handmaid or submissive. And notice the change that's taken place. By the way, when you give your life to Christ, there should be a great change. What is that change? Well, the other person in the Bible that we see that referred to herself as a handmaid was Mary, the mother of our Lord. Look at Luke 1 She says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. And then in verse 48, she says, He hath regarded the low, that word there, low, is tapianosis, which means humble, the low or humble estate of his handmaiden. Mary's saying, I'm submitting to my master, and she says, I'm humbling myself, and I will do as you want, Lord. That is... The promise Jesus gave us in Luke 14, 11. Whoso exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Is that not what's happening to Ruth here? Isn't that what's happened to Mary? When you submit to God, he will show grace and lift you up. I think of James 4, 6. The Bible says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. You see, we don't have to seek out something. We can just live for the Lord, and he lifts us up. Paul understood this in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Paul got to experience the grace of God, and when did that grace show itself real? The Bible says, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities at the power of Christ, May rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, Ruth is experiencing the promise of submitting to God, the bond that comes. And when we do that, God's grace is sufficient for you and me. She has never experienced that in Moab. Now that she's in Israel and underneath Boaz and understanding the promises of God, she is now willing to submit to God. My question to you this morning is, is that change happening in your life? Maybe you feel like you're on the outside looking in. By the way, I felt that way at one point. And then I met the Master. I invited Jesus Christ in my life and it all changed. And I can sing like that great song. There's been a great change since I've been born again. Mary experienced that. I'm sorry, Ruth experienced that change. Not only was there a bond, a marriage covenant, but there was also a bond. The Bible says in verse 9, For thou art a near kinsman. What is Ruth saying here? Ruth is telling Boaz, I'm willing to have you as my redeemer if you're willing to fulfill the law. By the way, this morning, Naomi expected this plan to bring Ruth and Boaz together and Boaz to do the right thing. And isn't it exciting that our redemption was contingent on God doing the right thing at Calvary? What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 6.20? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, spirit, which are God's. Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus was willing to go to the cross and purchase your sin debt? so that you can know for sure you're a child of God and go to heaven one day. We see a picture here. We see a bond. We see the bond, But then third of all, we see a blessing. The Bible says in verse 10, And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my daughter. In fact, Ruth has showed Boaz kindness several ways. First of all, by being a great A handmaiden and servant and serving in his fields. And he noticed that and he blessed her for it. But also for the fact that she has shown great kindness that she chose him above other suitors. And we see the blessing that Boaz was able to give to Ruth. May I say not every servant probably returned the favor by blessing Boaz. If you manage people or oversee people, you probably know there are some workers that bring more of a blessing to your life than others. And Ruth is being a blessing to Boaz. But what's interesting is Boaz is blessing her with blessings. Ruth would be gaining the blessing of a husband. Boaz is gaining the blessing of her affection. The Bible says "And Well, I'm getting ahead myself. Let me give you a thought here. Oftentimes, husbands do not we want our wife to be submissive to us? And don't we, ladies, want our husbands to be the right type of leader for us? And may I just pause and say, men, we need the godly leadership that Boaz had, so we're worthy of that. And ladies, I believe if we respond the right way to the godly leadership submitting to our husbands, it will be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Reminds me of a of a dad one day, a man, a husband. He was telling someone about the one time of year when I get complete obedience, he said, it's Father's Day. Everybody said, wow. He said, you know, every member of my family, complete obedience. I tell them not to spend a lot of money on me, and guess what? They don't. (laughs) I don't know if that's the kind of submission we're looking for here. But Ruth... Not only was she blessed by Boaz, but she was blessed by her relationship with Boaz, which is a picture of Christ. Can I just stop and say how good God is? Look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. Paul writes this, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. We serve a good God, a God who is very blessed, blessing to us. But Stephen Armstrong said, like Ruth, we can be a blessing to God. You see, Ruth blessed Boaz in response to his kindness by working diligently in his field. We also can bless the Lord who has extended grace by serving faithfully in his field. You see, we get to be a blessing back to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says it this way. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, you don't just have to be content with the blessings of God. You can also live your life in such a way that's pleasing to God, and therefore be a blessing to God. Someone said it this way. Recently, a licensed pilot was flying his private plane on a cloudy day. He was not very experienced in instrument landing. He was struggling. He started panicking when the control tower was bringing him in. And then a stern voice came over the radio. You just obey instructions. We'll take care of the obstructions coming your way. My dear church member, family, friend, visitor... Do you understand today that if you'll just follow God's instruction, he'll take care of the obstructions coming. Just trust his leading. Trust his guiding. And last of all, we can learn from this point, was Boaz felt blessed because Ruth was willing to forsake other more attractive suitors and remain devoted to him. And may I just say, sometimes the world of flesh and the devil can just give us several things that are flashy. That seemed better. How much we can bless our God when we choose to stay firm and true to him and not get drawn away from the lusts that come after us. And so we see, first of all, Ruth understands the counsel and she does it. Second of all, she was promised all that she had challenged Boaz to do. Third of all, as we wrap things up this morning, Ruth had done all that God had created her to do. Now, where do we see that? Well, Ruth not only had tenacious purpose, not only trusted in God's promises, but she had developed the true and right perspective on living life. Isaiah 43, 7 tells us what that is. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Do you understand this morning the whole purpose why you're here? By the way, God doesn't make mistakes. God didn't have any accidents. The whole reason why you're here on earth is to glorify God. And what was said about Ruth? Look at verse number 11. For all this city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Wow. She goes from being a stranger, a Moabitess in chapter 2, to becoming known as a virtuous woman. And may I say this morning, Micah 6, 8 teaches that same thing for you and me. He that he has showed thee, O God, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. May I ask you a question this morning. Are you glorifying God with your life? Are you pleasing him? If so, you're on the road to doing what he's created for you to do. Hubbard said this, the popular mind associated with threshing floors was licentiousness. But here is an excellent woman and a godly man willing to go against the grain of society. May I just say this morning, the world tries to paint a picture that evil is good and good is evil and light is darkness and darkness is light. In fact, Isaiah 520 says unto them, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The world has a good way of flipping things around, does it not? We live in a feel good. Do what what feels good. Do what's easy. Do what you want to do. May we go against the grain as Christians. And may we be willing to do right. Romans 1.32, Who knowing the judgment of God... That they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have a pleasure in them that doing them. What feels good? Let me encourage you, if you're not married, don't just do what the world says feel good. Make sure you wait until the wedding day. May I encourage us to be Christians that don't, well, the world's acceptable for the world. What's the big deal if it's not acceptable with God? May we determine to please the Lord instead. So we see she was a virtuous woman, but she also valued Boaz. The Bible says in verse 10, And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, and as much as thou hast followed not young men, whether poor or rich. And what's interesting here is really the thought, what John 3.19 says, Men love darkness because their deeds were evil. And this is a perfect opportunity for Boaz and the darkness to take advantage of this younger woman. I mean, she's a Moabitess. Who's going to say anything? She's not Jewish. She's just considered a slave. She's considered even a dog because the Moabites were not loved, not well-recepted. They had forbidden the Israelites to cross their land in the days of Moaz. There's a deep hatred there. They weren't even allowed. So do what you want with their Boaz. No one's going to say it's It's dark. And Boaz, you're wealthy. You can do whatever you want. We're not going to say anything. Isn't it amazing how this man loved his God? and He was willing to live a life that was pleasing to God, even in the dark. I want to encourage us this morning. Psalms 139.12 says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Teenagers, young adults, really all of us, darkness isn't time to take a chance. But really, it's time to show your true character. And it's easy sometimes, and everybody's watching to do right, but when everyone's not, and it's in the darkness, we tend to do things that we know is not pleasing to God. But as one person said, what a person is in the dark is what a person truly is. So we see a virtuous woman. We see a, a valued man. And we see man and a woman who's seeking to do right and please the Lord. But then last of all, Ruth ceased to be a voyager. Now what do I mean by that? Look at verse 9. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thy handmaid. We looked at this earlier. But she is showing commitment to Boaz, to her kinsman-redeemer. May I said today, Aren't you glad... That Jesus was willing to commit himself to you and me. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't have to. But Jesus left the splendors of heaven and became a man and took upon flesh and was willing to live amongst us and die a death. Why? So that he could save you from your sins. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus was willing to go to the cross and pay for your sins and mine? The Bible says we're all sinners, for all have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. For the wages of sin is death. Whether you like it or not, your sin is what's keeping you from Jesus if you're not a child of God. And if you are sinning, may you get it right with God. Sin is sending us to a place called hell place where there's constant torment. It's darkness, fire. It's awful. But Jesus was willing to go to the cross to pay for your sin and pay for mine. In fact, Paul says this when he understood, uh, actually Matthew says this, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was willing to commit himself to death for you and me. Paul, because of this, says this in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Why do we need to be committed to Jesus? What's the big deal? Because he was willing to go to the cross for you and me. And Paul understood that and said, I am willing to be crucified with Christ. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to serve him. We see a commitment of Ruth and Boaz. I want us to see a commitment of God in us. Years ago, there's a story about Julius Caesar and him and his troops landed on the shores of Britain with his Roman legions and he took a bold and decisive step to ensure success and that venture. After his men got off the boats and settled in, he says, I want you to come up to this cliff. I said, Okay. They walked up to that cliff and looked over. And all lo and behold, all those boats had been set on fire. And Julius Caesar says, Now there's nothing to go back to. The only way forward, the only way to go is forward. Talk about commitment. I think of a story on the 50th wedding anniversary. A couple summed up the reason for their long and happy marriage. The husband said, I haven't tried ever to be selfish. After all, there's no I in the word marriage. The wife said, well, for my part, I have never corrected my husband's spelling. I don't know how committed you are or what that means to you. But I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you and me. I don't know about you, but as Paul says, I want to be committed to my Lord and Savior. Do you know Christ today? May you come to him. If you do not know Christ, may you give him your life. If you do know him, will you live your life in such a way as Ruth did to be committed to her master, if you will, her redeemer? I have to end on this now. Look at verse number 12. Ruth has done all that she can do. She's followed the counsel, she's trusting in the promises She's doing all that she was created to do. She's glorifying the Lord. She's a virtuous woman. She's trying to please the Lord. She's done it all. And Boaz says, And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Yes. But, how be it, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Could you imagine, Ruth, that simple childlike faith as a Christian? Doing all that she was commanded to do, and it made it sound like everything was coming together. And then she hears the words. How be it there is someone nearer than me. What's gonna happen? Well, the Bible says in verse 13, now Terry, there's something about waiting and God testing our faith. And that's what we'll learn next week. You have to come next week to see what happens. Do not read ahead. No, Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. The uneasy process wasn't easy for Ruth, but she was willing to do all that she was told to do. And my dear Christian, will you be willing to follow God's word, his will, and his way? We tried to give different examples today, but at the end of the day, you know what God's touched your heart about. I want to challenge you to take that step. Follow the counsel of his word. May I encourage you to trust his promises. May I encourage you to live your life in such a way that's pleasing to God. But maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, this commitment thing you talked about, what Jesus was willing to do for me on the cross. Wow, I had no idea. He was willing to go to the cross and die and pay for my sin, shed his blood. Why would someone do that? It was love. He was willing to be nailed to a cross and even say, Father, forgive them to the very people who were beating him. Why? Because he wanted to redeem your sin. You see, we were on the auction block of sin. We were held under bondage of Satan. And Jesus says, I want to I buy, your, buy your freedom if you'll let me. But you must put your faith and trust in me. You must repent of your way of thinking and accept me in your life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I definitely wouldn't want to embarrass you. That's the farthest thing from me. But I do want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior today, if you'd like. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I, I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. If that's you, would you slow up your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. No one's looking around. Just you and God. Just raise your hand. That's you. Maybe there's someone in the balcony or maybe someone below. I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm saved. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've been following the whole counsel of God and His will and His word and His way like I should. And God touched my heart today. Will you pray for me? If that's you, will you slip your hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see hands all over. Maybe there's someone today that say, Pastor Justin, I... I know for sure I'm going to heaven and I'm seeking to live for the Lord, but I've been doubting a little bit his promises. I've had a hard time trusting him lately and it's been affecting my spirit, my heart. Will you pray for me that I'll trust him more if that's you, always slip up your hand. God bless you, God bless you. And last of all, maybe you say, Pastor Justin, I know Ruth was willing to follow the Lord in all these different areas. And I know I have done doing some things that isn't pleasing to God. I've been living my life in such a way that's not right, and no one knows. It's in the dark, but God touched my heart. No one's looking around. I don't want to embarrass anyone. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, you say, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? If you'll lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I'm just, I have a burden today. I, I have a need. I have something that's weighing me down. It's hard. I'm dealing with a financial struggle, a spiritual issue. I'm dealing with a health struggle. I'm dealing with a relationship issue. And I just, will you pray for me today that she will slip lift your hand. God bless you, I see those hands. Lord, you see the hands, you know the hearts. Lord, just some things, some thoughts we can learn from Ruth today. Lord, we have that opportunity to be able to make that decision today, take that next step. Lord, as we go through that trial, that tough time you have us in, or the thing we don't understand maybe, May we trust in the counsel of your word and may we lean on you. Lord, I pray of you with those who are maybe struggling with a burden, care. Lord, may they take you to the cross. May you help them. Lord, may we de- determine to respond to the messages you'd have us to today. We sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano's gonna play. The altar's open. If God has touched your heart today. May I encourage you to respond as God would have you to, to the message, the altar's open. Maybe you'd like to follow it in baptism or maybe you'd like to join the church. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you'd like someone to pray with you. Our pastoral staff would be happy to. Maybe you're struggling with something and you just need God's touch to your heart. May I encourage you to not to leave today without getting that settled with God. He did that for a reason today. He spoke to your heart. May we learn from Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, try to apply some of those to our life as the piano plays this morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for listening so well. We're going to get you on your way in just a minute. But we have some exciting news today. Leah DeLeon, one of our teenagers, is following Lord in baptism. So we're excited about that. Brother John's getting ready. Leah's getting ready for that. Um, And so we're excited about that. Praise the Lord for that. Thankful for many who've accepted Christ as our Savior the last uh, few weeks and those who are following Lord in baptism. Appreciate your faithfulness to God's house. What a blessing that is. Uh, we have a video we want to share with you with some upcoming events, uh, just some announcements and different things. And so I hope you'll be back tonight. We're excited about the level up. It's going to be a great time. And uh, you'll be challenged and be helped. And I hope you'll have a good afternoon. Uh, let's watch the video at this time. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for our Level Up Teaching and Training modules. Come and choose two of the modules on various topics from the lineup. Don't miss this special time of training with something for every Christian. Pastor has asked me to start a brand new class here at Grandview Baptist Church, and so we're starting a class that's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. Everyone will receive a booklet where every week I will put a lesson into it and you will have at the end of the lesson a complete series of verse-by-verse study through the book of Revelation. It's going to take over a year to do that. If you're interested, we are meeting in M1-12 in our room. And so if you're interested, and especially we're looking for brand new people, if you already have a class We're looking for brand new people who do not attend Sunday school and have a connection class. So hope to see you there as we go verse by verse through the book of Revelation. Join us on Sunday, February 18th for I Love My Church Sunday with our guest speaker, Dr. David Gibbs. These exciting services will include a status update on our gym and we'll be taking a special offering at the end of the service for any cash gifts as well as all 2024 gym building commitments. Mark your calendars for churchwide outreach Saturday, February 17th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in the community. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Accepted Christ as your Savior. Praise the Lord. Lead upon a public profession your faith in Christ. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of His death. Raised in the likeness of His resurrection. And let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we are so thankful for all that you've done and will continue to do. Lord, would you work in our hearts as we seek to follow you? And Lord, send us out this week to be beacons of light in our community. In Jesus' name, amen.